My name's Ivan, and I'm a scientist by day and a writer by night. And I'm Daniel, I'm a neuromuscular therapist, and I run my own practice. And you're listening to the weekly podcast, Journey to Wherever. Enjoy the show. We good to go? I think we are. All right. Oh, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 27. I am Daniel. And I'm Ivan. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I just, I bumped your leg as you were saying... Hi, I'm um, oh, welcome to episode 27. And I'm yeah. like, I just touched and I stopped. And you're like, hi, I'm Daniel, welcome to episode whatever. And I would have just stopped and I was like, what, what did he touch? That's weird. He touched my foot. Uh, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. I'm feeling I'm feeling a lot better this morning than I was, <laughs> was last, last Saturday. Last Saturday, yeah. I know. I know. I noticed you're a bit flat. Yeah, I was just a tiny bit, but I'm good. I'm back. I'm back with it. As in like on your peak back or you just... No, 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 I'm on my peak back, but I just feel like, you know... Good so again. Not, not like Backstreet's back, just <laughs> no, no, not Backstreet's back. back. Okay, cool. All right. <laughs> no, no, that hasn't been that long since I'm Backstreet back. <laughs> yeah, I'm going all right, man. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually. You're Bradley Cooper. Let's just say that. Um, you know, I think, I think. Just sorry, I want, I'm going to interrupt you just a little bit there. Yeah. I think we need to give this term. Yeah. A name because our clients are always referring to us as to are we off, are we peaking, are we off peaking, are we kind of feeling okay? Like we know what those terms mean, but yeah. we need to, I think we need to give the ultimate peak a name. And I'm going to, uh, it's up to you. Well, you, the whole Bradley Cooper thing comes from Limitless. Yeah. Right? When he takes those magic pill things that make you, which by the way, I'm not into drugs. <laughs> but, but let's just the, say. Let's just say, there's that meme, that gift that goes around with him at the desk and like all Typing these, and all the numbers the and numbers shit. numbers and stuff. So See, that's, that's like you're in like Bradley Cooper mode, right? So yeah, so the, the ultimate peak, when we refer to ultimate peak, we, I think is it fair to call it the Bradley Cooper mode? Yeah. Or the Coopering or something like just, that? I you, think the Bradley Cooper mode. Are you Bradley Cooper? Bradley okay. Cooper, but, but as for the, you're off peak. Yeah. I'm not quite sure. Oh, unicorn for sure. Yeah, but unicorns are used for lots of different things in, That's in right. society. Because when you're in unicorn mode, like you're, unicorns do everything. They could be good, you could be bad, you could be happy. Non- inconsistent. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. All right. So unicorn mode is like the bottom end. Bradley yeah. Cooper's the top. And then in the middle is, I don't know, we'll figure that out as okay. we go along. All right. Well, Normal you, mode. So are you in unicorn mode still? No, no. I'm in, I'm in like, you know, in the middle somewhere. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was a quick, that was a quick turnaround. Yeah, I have, you have, you have a few little micro, I definitely had a micro cycle week last week. Yeah. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised over the next week, couple of weeks that there's going to be a few more of them popping yeah, up. Yeah, mate, you never know. Especially heading, heading into winter. That's when I kind of, um, yeah, mental, mentally, I kind of just, you know, work on the back end of things and I'm not in the front line. Well, I'm starting late. I usually pick up a little bit earlier than now. So I don't mind that it's starting late because I'm going into winter. But yeah. I'm like, I don't, I'm feeling good, man. I didn't go to sleep until, that's, I don't know, that's 1 your o'clock gauge, in the eh? morning. When you start to go to bed later, that's your that's your understanding yeah, because of... Yeah, because we... Okay, so... Are you reading any books? No. Well, kind of. I started oh, how picking... How about your thingo? What's it called again? The, Kindle. Um, my Kindle. Kindle, that's I right. I was, I making, I'm making, I was making the, uh, the Kindle thing with the swipe thing. We're not live, by the way. We're not like, live. We're not visual. Moving, <laughs> moving his finger across his palm in a, you know, like a swiping fashion. Yeah. Um, so I haven't actually read my Kindle for a little while. I haven't read any book books as like books as such for a mm, while. Mm. But I've started, I kind of pick up books here and there and flick through some pages. And then I listen to an audio book at the same time. I started picking up Brief History of Time, Stephen Hawking book. Okay. Just again, because I was like kind of interested in it. Yeah. Um. But not reading as such. But last night um, we watched episode, and I don't know if you are aware of it, but uh, Ozark season three is now out. Oh, did you start watching it? We started watching. Oh wow! Before three. me, yeah. how funny! There you go. <laughs> we are still on Vikings. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. We'll get to that. But like, we're still only two episodes into Narcos. 
So oh. we're going to watch that first and then... So you got to finish Vikings and Narcos. Then no, 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 no. Up. Vikings is by myself. Oh, okay. Remember, that's a B, that's the B okay. slash A show. Um, and A show is always with my wife. So, Did you say B slash A show? Well, B doesn't mean it's a bad... Like, it's B as in not, not as good. But if, if like... Put no, I way. know, but you got to push it into the A category. Like I, start, like, I, like, I watch it in gaps. I'm like, Tash will be okay. like, oh, I'm going to do some... I don't know. She'll, 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 I don't know. She'll do something. And I'll be like, oh, I'll just throw on a bit of Vikings. So okay. Vi- Vikings is like... Like when I watch an A show, I want to watch it from the start yeah. to finish. Yeah. Whereas a B show is like, I might watch 15 minutes. Okay. Pause for a bit. Go do something for a whole day. The next day, pick up another 20. Well, you're doing all right because you picked it up like two weeks ago and you're on season four. So. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. That, that's, uh, either you're creating time out of thin binge. air or you got a lot of time. So I, I had a, one of the two. He, well, I think everybody's got a lot of time yeah, at the moment. Well, <laughs> lockdown mode. Um, I had a, a gigantic binge on... Um, Thursday and Friday, or yeah, the, or the last two days, essentially. Wow. Third, like huge. Like okay. I was just like back to backs because I was like, well, well, I'm not doing anything, so I might as well. Man, I, yeah, I don't know. I kind of would like. <laughs> anyway, so you keep going. You yeah, so I was, um, last Ozark. night I went to bed at like one o'clock in the morning. I was, because we started watching episode of Ozark, went to start watching episode two. My wife's like, I can't stay up and watch another one. I'm too tired. I'm like, oh, all right, Look, let's go to bed then. Can you just say so, one thing? Was yeah. it, like, can you just tell me, that was it like good? It's good. Yes. Okay. It's good. Uh, I won't say it's bad. I know you're just good. No, no, we just yeah, say it's good. good. Okay. Um, and so then she went to bed and I'm like laying in bed. And I'm like, far out. Like she fell asleep like a light straight out. Right. Yeah. And I was like, oh, what am I going to do? So I got my <laughs> headphones in and I started looking up like, you know, sciencey stuff. Do you want me to say what you? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I just, I'm just trying to learn new, new bits and pieces. I'm just like, my brain just needs stimulus. So I'm yeah. like one o'clock in the morning and I'm reading a lecture on like, why don't you just do a bespoke course? Entanglement in black holes and complexities <laughs> and the Einstein Rosen bridge between black holes and I get, I get like that sometimes. That's not me now. That's like September me. <coughs> so yeah, I'm just like yeah, I'm, okay. I'm pretty switched That's good, on. Though. I think you should utilize that though. I wouldn't do no bridging type or some sort of filling course. There's no point. You pay this money for a course, and what are you can do with it? True. You can do them for free online. But would would you? Okay. But are you more interested? Are you like going down the physics route because it's like your go to when you want to pick up something? When could, I'm on or those, could you, or could you go down a? I want to learn how to do basic um, plumbing or something nah. like that. No. Although, <laughs> although I did find myself on probably Tuesday looking at how to clean out drains. Okay. That was a plumbing video I was watching on YouTube. There you go. Ended up watching one or two of those. I'm like, why am I watching drain cleaning videos? Because <laughs> I'm watching fun. like wind a snake down a drain. He's like, hey, you shouldn't use gloves for this. And he's like pushing this <laughs> this snake down the drain and like winding. I'm like, does this really? Ex- All right, man, go back. Get off lunch. Get off lunch. <laughs> go back to work. Does this really expensive like spray? It, it looks like it's you know when you know when a bottle and you know when you pick up a bottle from Bunnings, like a spray bottle, and you know when it's going to be expensive. Because yeah. it's got that, like... Weight. Weight behind yeah. it. <laughs> it's like quality it's, build. And it's got that, like, little... Like, that little nozzle thing, that little skinny nozzle. Oh, you know the yeah. ones they use on WD-40? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I don't know this is going to be expensive. I mean, I pick it up, and it was like, I don't know, $14 for this, yeah. like, can. You know what I mean? So, obviously, $14 is not expensive, but when it comes to a can, it's can, expensive. Yeah. And it's like a Drano-type cleaner. Really? Yeah. Did you buy it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Did it work? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Did because you know how you like you want to like do do clean it and then the, if it gets like a little bit of grime or stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. And you spray this thing down there and it like foams up, but it foams up like really like thick almost. Okay. Almost like a like a like a whipped cream thick. Okay. And, and it, it stays like that for ages. And you come back 20 minutes later, it's still there. Oh, really? Come back an hour later, and it's kind of going down. Two hours later, it's like obviously half that, and then this thing just cleaned it really yeah 
You know what I'm doing after this. Yeah. Kind of I'll show you what it, I'll show you the Because I'm watching these things on you. I don't know how we go into drains and shit on here, man. But anyway, <laughs> I'm watching these things. They're like, oh, so go and get like a paint roller and dip it into like bicarb soda with vinegar mix and water and this and that. And then clean it. And I'm like, in Australia, this is American videos. In Australia, our drains are much wider than that, right? So you, and you our can't drains? Just, yeah. Are they? Well, when you compare drains in our Are you drains, talking about like a drain in a, in a basin? Like bathroom drains. Like okay. ones on the floor, for example. Ours are right? wider? Well, our ones are like... Oh, on the floor you're talking about? On the floor. Oh, I think okay, our okay. pipes are like, what? They'd be easy 100, 100 mil, 110 mil, 120 mil pipes. I think 120 mil pipes. Yeah. Or, or 80. Whereas no, in no, America... Actually, they're 80. I think they're 80. 80 well, mil. in America, they look like the diameter of a of a paint roller. Oh. They're quite thin. You can actually shove like the paint 270. Roll. No, less. As in like 60 mil, oh, 70 mil. Like they're tight. You can put a paint roller in and it sits there. Oh, interesting. Okay. And like apparently their S-bend of the pipe is not really that far down. Oh, okay. So I don't know. Anyway. Um, so yeah, I learned about S-bends and pipes and cleaning and drains and for no great reason. There's, there's always a reason. <laughs> and I'm currently in a, in a quarantine lockdown. So yeah. I find myself learning about all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um. So yeah, man, that's kind of been it. But I've been fortunate to. I mean, I'm still at home. I'm working full time, still working at the office desk. Um, I find myself busier than I would be in the office because now I don't have interruptions, which mm, means I can mm. actually do work without interruptions. Yeah, yeah. And this is. I find myself busy. I have to step away from the desk a little bit just to clear my head, and I got to yep. get some air. I go and check the letterbox like four or five times a day, even <laughs> though it's like 2020, we don't get mail. Um, <laughs> well, but still, I still check is, it anyway. Yeah. And then I go back into the office. You I go make go a cup like of coffee. A walk, man. Well, I did, right? Like a so bike ride for like twenty minutes. This is the thing, all right? So yeah. on that's what I'd be doing if I was like Monday, working from home, yeah. so to speak. So on Monday, I was working away, and then I was like sitting. I was like getting real antsy. I'm like, I need a ten minute away from the desk. Yeah. So I jumped on my bike. Hundred percent. Oh, so you did. I did? Oh, there you go. <laughs> I went. Jumped on my bike and I went for a ride. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, went for a ride. It was like 10 minutes. By the time I got to the end of the street, my legs were like pumping. I'm like, so I'm like, geez, like, I need to be fitter. Well, your place is quite hilly. so yeah. It is, it is. but I'm just I'm really bad on fitting. But anyway, I enjoyed it. I got out, came back home, put the bike back in. I was like, oh, I feel refreshed now. So I'm yeah, go back to Yeah, that's all you need right? sometimes. And then on Tuesday, we decided to keep the kids from home. Kids yeah. home from Tuesday. Yeah, that makes it hard to work. So then they're at home and we had no routine for homeschooling. Yeah. Oh, um, man. So they're like kind of running around. I'm still trying to work. I'm like, all right, I got a call. They go, oh, I got a call now. Nice and quiet. Oh, I got another call. Like, nice and quiet. You're constantly just like trying to. So I'm trying to keep them a bit quiet. And then I'm like, by the end of the first day, I'm like, nap. We need to organize some sort of routine. Yeah. Like, lay it out on paper, 9, 9 10, 10 30, so they can look at the sheet and be like, this is the time. This is what I got to do. So yep. we set that up. Yeah. And then now they're kind of working through that. And then Nat was home on Thursday, Friday. Yeah. And. We were just like, let the kids do a little bit. This week's a write-off. We're going to start proper from next week. That sounds like an exercise plan. Like most people's... You no, know, no, 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 no. You know what people say? I, I'll start on Monday. I'll, I'll eat healthy on Monday. <laughs> right, starts on Monday. Homeschool starts on Monday. No, no but legit. No, I know what you mean. I know. I have, it's because the kids are thrown off and we've got to be empathetic to them too. It's not their environment. If you're not, not if you're not homeschooled and you're used to going into a classroom and your traditional setup, yeah. And I like I've I'm I guess a day or two ahead of you at the moment, and I've been trying to establish that at home with Adriano. Yeah. Um. Obviously, Maxwell's still in um preschool, so he doesn't really have like. Work. As in, he's been off for a, longer than that. Who Maxwell? No, Adriano. Oh, he's only, he only has just started on Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. Staying home. Staying home Thursday. Oh, okay. So Thursday was kind of a little bit of a write-off, but then I kind of established something towards the night. And then yesterday, 
was our like first homeschooled day yeah right and um it's it's really hard it is man it's really hard like i you know i've always said being a teacher is like a hard job because you're especially primary school because you got like little kids and it's like a lot of behavioral stuff and teaching them and all that kind of stuff yeah but like just the like they the teacher sent out like he's got like a government email yeah so you log on to that and every day the teacher sends like an email with like tasks and essentially wow. it's got like they're mim- essentially mimicking what a school day would look like so mid-morning like lunch m- mid-afternoon or whatever it is I forget the uh, the time gaps and it says like do this and do that and do this and do that and I'm just like like I can't does it require you to actually step in and assist a lot for a lot of the tasks yes because he, he could see he can read but like he if there, like a lot of the tasks is almost like it's like a it's like the it's a sheet from like the gut from the government so the teacher's reading and then the teacher interprets it to the child. Do they have videos and stuff? That they yeah, yeah, they teachers? do. Man, you're next level. I'll tell you what, right? Literally at our one, we, they've gone home and said, right, if you choose to keep your kids at home, you can. Yeah. And uh, they can log in and because they've got like multiple apps or program things where they can log in. Got phonics, like bu- study ladder, phonics, study ladder, phonics, study ladder, bug club, mathletics, yeah, yeah, that type yeah. of stuff, right? So log in and do that. If they stay at school, they're not going to be learning anyway because there's no kids there anyway. It's, right. so it's, it's essentially a So they're going to do exactly center. those things that you do at home and <clears throat> they're doing it at school. Yeah. So it's literally study ladder and all that stuff at yeah, home, right? Yeah, at yeah. school, right? Yeah. Then they go home, they log in, they do it. Then we're speaking to a whole bunch of our friends and they're like, oh no, like our teachers have got like all these routine, plans. same as what you're saying. Yeah, you've got man. a plan, routine, this on. and that. You've got videos. Mm. I was speaking to another colleague and they're like, yeah, my um, my child's staying at home now. They've set up a desk and they've got like Microsoft Teams running and video teaching. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. what? what? Why are we doing this? Like <laughs> Google, Google, um, Google Classroom, I'm fairly confident is free. I don't know. You I can don't download it and run it. Uh, right? That might be. A so I don't understand program. why they don't just run it virtually, but they're just they're just not doing that. And why is it like through Zoom or something? Through any of these streaming platforms, it's not hard. Yeah, look, it's not. I you think, got this I think, arrange- or they can just dip into what you've got. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's essentially like a timetable for the day. So and it's you've got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and it's got like today we do this. It's it's like at the start, it's like reading, and then it's maths, and then it's arts some kind of like artsy type stuff. That's the bit I'm struggling with the most. Cause it's like, all right, now gather some, you know, go in on a, like you said, there's like, go on a, on a hunt throughout your house and find three pyramid like shapes. And then draw, I'm just like, okay. I'm going to need you to like email me a sheet. Hey, okay, fine. I so will. I can use it for Hazel. Yeah. Yeah. I'll email it to you. I will. It's like, it should be the same curriculum anyway. Anyways, it's one, essentially what I'm trying to say. It's not, not easy, especially when you don't have the, like all the stuff here. I don't have like arts and crafts in the, in the house. Yeah. Not, not to that level. Do you know what I mean? But they're not like, oh, you have to do it, but they do encourage once you've finished your work for take the day, take it. a photo of it and yeah. upload it. So that's their way of going, hey, do something, you yeah. know, which is good. You know what I mean? Especially because essentially we've got one more week of it yeah. and then it's school holidays. So then we're okay. And then providing... Another two weeks with the holidays. That's three weeks from now. Hopefully, the situation. Our school's already told us plan for this for term two. The whole of term two. Yeah. Oh my god. I don't know. Yeah, that's craziness. So it's homeschool for term two. That's why they need some virtual stuff happening where the kids can log in, see the teacher's face, and be engaged. Because parents who are working from home. Yeah. Like I need to work. Yeah. You know, but how, how, I'm, the, I'm the main financial support to in order to continue and sustain yeah, that. I need to be working, right? Yeah. So therefore, if I've got my kids at home, I can't be homeschooling at the same time. Yeah, I need 
I can step in every now and then, and yeah. I'm fortunate enough that my company's kind of understanding and stuff like that. Yeah, but you can't but do it full deal. You can't do it full time. No. So I'd have to step in to the most part, be like, okay, it's this time. I want you to do this activity and come and check in with me in an hour or so. I, I and they come and show me it. Yeah. But follow a video, virtual classroom. But I also think it's, I think for us as now, because our kids are still young, maybe Dan might be okay because he's competent reading and stuff like that. But I'm not sure about like, what Hazel's level is. She's at, still at, learning. She's still, that's like Adriana said, like he knows like his level of reading, but then once they get to like bigger words, he's like, what the, what is that? You know what I mean? So exactly. like, it's, it's, I think from K to three, it's probably a little bit harder. Mm. I think if you're at home working and you've got a, a child that's like in year three or four, they should, it's more of a, you're just checking and making sure they're not, you know, going on, you know, on the internet and yeah. looking at random stuff. You're just yeah. making sure it's more like a, you're policing that, that they're doing work. But yeah. whereas when a K to three, you have to actually physically sit with them and go, all right, so what's this? What's the right sentence? Or let's do some subtraction, multiplication. So if they're like kind of just going ahead and doing it and making mistakes, they're not actually learning. You have to actually actually exactly. teach them the skills yep. to how to multiply, how to subtract, how to plus and all that kind of stuff. It's really it, like I found myself exhausted. At yeah. the end of yesterday, I'm just like, my brain was like, and then obviously I've got Maxwell running around. So I have to try and separate I them know. from playing. And then you can hear his brother outside playing. I want to play. And I'm like, this is not happening. This yeah. Is it's not a good. challenge. It's a challenge. <clears throat> but you know, everybody's in this same situation. So it's tough. It's, it's tough for everyone. I just, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. But um, no doubt there has to be some sort of like. The, the the only way to the only way to kind of look forward and get out of the situation as far as mentally and being the right spot is to look for some sort of silver lining, right? Yeah. Is what's on the flip out of this whole thing that is going to be of benefit? Like 100%. what's what's the good thing out of this? Because everybody's forced to stay in home <clears throat> to some extent, whether you're in your house or you know, you're you're forced to be in lockdown or you're recommended to be in lockdown or through some sort of situation where your your type of job, if you're in retail selling things and your your shop physically closes or something, you're forced to stay home. Mm-hmm. Um, like what do you do? You do you just sit around and No, there there is de- definitely people can't see it right now because it's all very doom and gloom, which is fair enough, you know what I mean? Because there's a lot of things to be taken care of. But I think in, for for your mental health, looking at the silver lining and we have to be optimistic that, you know, there's an end to this. Regardless whether it's in the next three, four, five, six, eight weeks, who knows? There's a silver lining to all of it in, in general. And I've been having this conversation a lot with my with my clients. And uh, everyone has different opinions of what's a, what, what is actually a silver lining. But I think with regards to, say, schools... I think they're going to real well. So actually, let's let's go but without going to schools. I think let's just start with people like you, yeah, office workers. I think there's going to be a greater understanding that when they look at some form of performance and results, mm. there's always like a okay, let's see how the team performed, okay. Yeah. And then there's the, uh, the the COVID era, right? Yeah, it's like, huh. This is my opinion. It's like, oh wow, like during that time, our company still performed the this- same or didn't. Or performed better, or didn't go too much lower yeah. than what we originally had thought yeah. of. So I personally think for office workers that work in an office, it might have a pushed for more remote working. I after think this. so. I a hundred percent think so. I think this is my. I anyway. think not completely from home. Maybe it might be like a nine day fortnight, or it might be. I don't know. It depends on the role, obviously. Yeah. But I think as well, companies are going to realize that they've got this huge open plan 
1,000, 2,000 square meter office for, for absolute, well, essentially just storage. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Storage of humans and- Yeah, I was about to say human storage. Human storage and and like files and, yeah. and whatnot. I think there's, in the silver lining to that, there's going to be uh, like more of a um, demand for casual rentals of like boardrooms mm-hmm. once a month, once a fortnight. And I think there's going to be more and more people, especially with, with how our internet's coming and 5G's coming as well. So mm. it's going to improve connection. I think people don't really need to be in an office. In an office. And I've never been a... I always used to think to myself like, I've always, always liked my space. As, mm. as a practitioner, I've always, always liked my room or my office. The thought of being in an open plan and hearing everyone's conversations and whatnot, and then on, a, on another aspect, hygiene level, I used to always think, how are you productive in that environment? I used to personally think that you'll be way more productive, if you can, to transmit your workload at home as well. So, For some people, it definitely is more productive. Yeah. <clears throat> For some people, they go into the... where they work from home and like, they just got no, no sense of self-control. <clears throat> they just... They sit down like... Too many distractions. They'll yeah. go and watch TV. Yeah. They'll, you know, go shopping. They'll go and do something That's outdoors. Right. They'll just get too distracted. But do you know what? <clears throat> Sorry, you got people yeah. who have got a level of um, self-control, um, you know, they're, they're kind of self-directed. They're able to work from home and look for the tasks and projects that they need. And actually do something. And actually do something and get an output. They can self-monitor. They can report. They know what feedback to give to communicate the stuff that they're doing. Yeah. Um, and for those that aren't like that, they probably, if they have the capability of being like that, but they need direction, and then, then they need a good manager slash leader in order to kind of facilitate that for them yeah. and then know how to what questions to ask and how to encourage the staff yeah. while they're working from home. Um, so there are c- certainly people that can do that. Then there are others that just they just they just don't work from home. They just don't like it. Especially if you're quite your role's quite physical. You're very hands on. You're on the tools. You're working with people. That's different. Um, That's different. But if this is purely in front of a computer, internet you connection, you can do it from home. You can do it from home. You can do it from home. And Many the, of these companies are like that. Man, I'm telling when you. When I reach like, out for like WordPress f- support off the blogs, right? Yeah. It goes to a WordPress, I think they call them happiness engineers. Okay, I don't know. And they're all remote. Yeah. They're all like do video calling from remote. Especially if you're like an IT guy as well. Yeah, they're all logged in from home, like part-time parents maybe, or or like not part-time parents, part-time workers while parents and stuff. Yeah. And they're working from home and they're like doing their job. And another two points I wanted to bring up with with office workers like yourself is the, the first point is, and I'm no advocate, I don't want to like promote people losing their jobs okay but the silver lining to wall this as well is everyone's got like I don't know, let's call him a let's call him a johnny the johnny that fluffs around the office doesn't really do much yeah. you know what i mean looks busy pretends to be busy kind of he's walking in and about has a smoker like 50 times a day yeah. gets he's just like looks busy but doesn't really do anything yeah. do you know what i mean those people for businesses they're costing them a lot of money they're going to be caught out they will, and they will be caught up because and, when you're at home, and they're real. Because I've I've been in everyone's places everyone's before. got them. Everyone's I've got been them. in places before over the years where literally someone comes up to me and they said, "Oh, like you know, how, you know what the secret to looking busy is?" And no joke. This that's, is what people that's said to the me. Secret to looking not busy. recent. This was quite a few years ago, but no. someone walked up and said, "Look, you know what the secret to being busy is?" I'm like, "What?" And he goes, "Get a folder or yeah. a sleeve and yeah. carry it under your arm, so that around. when you walk around, you always look like you're doing something." Yeah. I'm like. 
Mate, this, you are not going to last. And I kid you not, within a year, it's gone. But yeah, but this is a they, year. And they were the people that would complain, oh, it's not fair. We don't get paid enough. Yeah. I kid you not. I kid 100%. You not. They're the first That's to complain. Fair. We don't get paid enough. Yeah. It's not fair. Why is everyone else getting paid? Why is everyone else get to move up? And I thought to myself, dude, you're walking around with an empty folder under your arm <laughs> trying to look busy. busy. See, this is the thing, right? And we're like, picking up your slack. It's, it's a year, but it's a year too long for that company. They've they, Once they do their reviews and their budgets and their, like, let's let's see who does what. Johnny's been there for, eight, sorry, I'll just use the word to Johnny. It could be a Tracy as well, whatever, yeah. okay? But they'll realize, well, what does Johnny actually do? Do you know what I mean? And Johnny, would that job just doesn't, like, doesn't exist anymore yeah. do you know what i mean so productivity on that level as well and the other point i wanted to bring as well is in in the office environment there's obviously a huge stigma with um hiring uh working mums mm. as well because you know they've got to be at the office at a certain time they've got to leave at a certain time because they're picking up their child from whether it's daycare or whatever it might be i think there's going to be a huge um, revelation in terms of wow these women are a lot more productive yeah or we can actually utilize them in their time so yeah. much more yeah. than what we originally thought because they were only being hired on the basis of them being physically present exactly in the human storage room exactly. which was the commercial premises exactly so there's a lot of women out there that would be like you know what i'm not going to be productive between super motivated because yeah. they're running a family they're super able to multitask because yeah. they're used to juggling kids picking up kids all that you know stuff. dropping people off going to work you know having to intrinsically put in a lot more effort because yep. you know the perception and and reality for many of them in, in the workplace is they actually have to work a lot harder to get to where they want to go 100 percent. so they're very good at doing a lot of good tasks and working and they i agree with you there's going there, sh- there should be a realization that because it, it is a natural stigma for yeah. them to go oh mother of two how old are the kids are oh, they're like I don't know, four and seven, they're going to be home all sick. You know what? Let them be home sick. She will find the time at some time during the day and she'll clock in her eight hours. Now, that might be at nine o'clock at night to midnight whilst the kids are asleep, but that's her three hours there and two hours in the morning and one hour in the middle of the day. They will find the time because they appreciate the fact that they have been given a job, understanding the circumstance. They they are a working mother as well. So this whole working home from business is going to open up a lot of like good can of worms yeah. in terms of the Johnnies are going to be found out and all the working mums and for that matter working dads as well yep. so for those who stay home and take care of their children because their their partner is you know you know essentially on a better income than they are um yeah those people are gonna like we can actually utilize them a lot better yeah you know what i mean and there's obviously a lot more you know, little bits and pieces as well. But I think it's a, I think it's a huge one. So do I. One of the other things I think as well is I think this is going to force upon people a little bit of self-realization and self-awareness. Mm-hmm. In the last few years, there's been a big push for people to start up businesses. Oh, I, was, I was just about to fund, get to that get one. funding, yeah. venture capital and whatnot. And the, net, the downfall, and people say, well, how's this a silver lining then? Because it's, it's, it, I know what you're going to say. It is though, yeah. because a lot of people have taken the title of, oh, I'm an entrepreneur, for example. Mm-hmm. It's like, or you know, I run this type of business and this type and that, right? But at the end of the day, it's a false economy. It, it's false. It's yeah. a big false economy. There's yeah. a lot of venture capital being pumped into it all and crowdfunding and whatnot. Yeah. Now that it's all being pulled and these people actually don't have money and nest eggs of money, a lot of them are actually gonna the businesses will end. Mm-hmm. So, which is, which you, I know what you're saying you don't want to. You don't want people to lose their, their money and business jobs. But a lot of those people are running things that 
are not long-term sustainable businesses anyway. Yep. So what will end up happening is it will force upon them self-awareness to say, look, this really happened. I didn't think it happened in my lifetime. I've yep. never experienced a downfall, downturn in the economy. I don't know what a market crash looks like. Never, no, None of our generations have been in a pandemic no. like this before. No. Um, so a lot of them will end up having to be forced to go back to the whole PAYG structure. That's right. Go work for somebody else. That's right. You know, go and even that, and even on that respect as well, those know? PAYG companies will be there will be a lot less of them, and a lot yeah. of those PAYG companies won't be hiring people because they've realised that they, they can't afford to hire yeah. people. So there'll be a, a again, it'll be it won't be a vast like like selection of jobs as well available. Yeah. I think the silver lining also to that, if you trickle down, is this whole entrepreneurial thing has been kind of like it's kind of it's like a wave that's trickled onto each generation. Yeah, and I think. Maybe if you're like 12, 13, 14, 15 years old at the moment, you're old enough to kind of understand factions of business yeah. and you see what's happening. You hear the fact that your uncle's lost his job and your dad's working from home and your mum's hours have been reduced. You kind of think, huh, like maybe their mindset, I'm not sure, maybe their mindset isn't going to, isn't, is going to realize that, you know, just starting an Instagram account isn't just isn't starting a business. Isn't going to just cut it. Isn't just going to cut it. Yeah. Is you need a lot more backing in all sorts of um, yes. You know, essentials. But um, I think in that respect, that I don't know what the next generation's called. You know what they're called? There's gen, gen uh, Z gen or something. Z or... Or whatever. Anyway, let's just say, say it's Gen Z. I think they're going to realize that maybe being an entrepreneur isn't as cool yeah. as maybe what it um, used to be, or as easy as per- perceived as it was. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, I think, yeah, from what you've just said, that's that's a huge one with yeah. businesses. You but know? then on the flip, one of the interesting things now is for a lot of people that do now actually have a lot more time, mm-hmm. now's a really good opportunity to, to go and create. It. That's right. Because they're at home. So what it's are they It's an interesting do? diversity, it's, isn't it's it? It's this dichotomy that we yeah. haven't had before where it's like there's a lot of people where... See, I don't have all the extra luxury of time because I'm still working full yeah, time, right? That's right. But for a lot of people, they're in lockdown. They're like, oh, so, you know, people are pushing out the whole, you know, the quarantine playlists. Yeah. The quarantine Netflix playlist. Yeah. Music playlist. I'm sure a lot of people are increasing the amount of podcasts they're listening to. Yeah. Um, you know, what books are they going to read? They're essentially, what, they're essentially know, looking at what things they what can things do in their downtime. What things can they fill their time with, right? Yeah. So, and I, I haven't actually sat back and like, oh, now I get to do this, this, and this. Like, I still haven't written a blog post and it's been a while now because, because I'm work, still busy, you're working, right? I'm working, that's yeah. right. But for a lot and of people- And that won't change much though, really. Eh? That's not going to really change for you. Well, for, hopefully not. Yeah. You know, hopefully it's it's not. But um, for a lot of people that are that are at, at home and they've got extra time on their hands, now's an actual opportunity to go and do something yeah. that they're probably passionate about. And can it be the seed that's planted where they start to do it, start to do it, build up a little bit of momentum, find something new that they really enjoy mm-hmm. so that when they go back to work, they might have this new passion on the side or this new thing that they're looking at exploring. Right. Now's a good opportunity to kind of dig into that. Yeah, I 100% agree. It's, it's funny that like you, it weeds out the pretenders, but are also the people that have it in them to want to do something, but they've actually been forced not to Haven't because, the because, because they've got a physical work and physical job or a workplace exactly. that they have to be at. Um, now they're like, well, what do I do with my downtime? So maybe they might, it might inspire them to pick up that old idea or maybe even look into a new idea, yeah. something that they want to do. So there is a lot of silver lining in that respect as well. Um, yeah, like I'm just trying to think, like in just in terms of how people utilize time in general, because 
when you're in an, when you're in an office situation or even in a workplace situation, there's a lot of distractions yeah. as well. And you you know you were saying like you were kind of like you found yourself going down a rabbit hole of um you know looking at plumbing videos for example. Yeah. But you're able enough to switch on and go. What am I doing? I got to get back to work. Yeah. You know what I mean. And you're probably just doing that on on your break time. It was anyways. lunchtime. It was lunchtime it was, it was, or breakfast. It was lunchtime. One of the but two. you'll find people, and they'll come to that self realization themselves. Yeah. That they've gone, holy crap! I've been down the everyone's been down the rap the YouTube rabbit hole. They just click, 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 click yeah. the next video. They they start off looking at you know pillows. Next minute they're looking at you know conspiracy theories. Who yeah. knows, right? And those people are going to come to the realization that they're like, oh crap! For the last three hours I've been doing nothing. Yeah, you know. So it's like a it's a, the silver lining is a self realization yeah. as well. And a lot of people aren't going to like that. No, they don't. People, no one loves loves to. Love the reality check. No, that's right. And I think for a lot of people, if you're an if you're an introvert, there was a few memes that went around like introverts rejoice. Like the <laughs> whole true. idea of like you're going into lockdown, you got to stay in quarantine. As soon as I heard that, I was like, "Fucking a!" Like, I'm, it's true. I'm like, you know, it was funny. I shared we have this mad like chat thing going on with our team where we to keep us going throughout the day. Instead of we can have the office banter, we do it through like a chat stream, right? Yeah, fair enough. And I shared like a meme of like, you know, Bane from Batman, where he's <laughs> yeah. like, I was born, you know, in the yeah. dark. It was yeah. like introverts. It was like, you know, I was shoot for this, molded for this kind of thing, right? Like as in being indoors and stuck inside as an introvert. Yeah. And I was like, yes, that's exactly how it is. Yeah, it is. But for extroverts where they get their energy from others, they're going to find it difficult. That's right. And for the first time in a long time, Many people actually have to spend time with themselves. Yes. And that's that's hard. It's for hard lot, for, for a lot, lot of people. people. Like I'm used to having dialogue inside my head all the time. Yeah. I have conversations with my head in my head all the time. Mm-hmm. Although this morning on the way here was out loud. But those so like, you're happy worried, to have but... that conversation with your head, whereas a lot of people need to voice that opinion out. Straight out. It's yes. like, it's a verbalization. Yes. So if they're sitting next to Gary, they'd be like They'll just say what, but Gary's not there to talk to. They're going to talk to themselves. It's going to make them go a little bit. Yes. You know? So there's going to be a lot of instances where people who are naturally get their energy naturally from the external source are going to find that a challenge and they're going to have to learn a lot about themselves. Yeah. So a lot of people are going to have to spend time with themselves, internalize, and learn to be with themselves. Yeah. Learn to be calm with themselves. Yeah. Be kind to yourself. It is another thing. Um, and they're going to learn a lot about themselves too, which is a big thing. But being able to kind of bounce off people is almost like an essentially like a drug. I can only function if I can bounce my ideas off people. Yeah. So they're going to go through a set of like withdrawal of their performance. Yeah. Because they don't have the idea to bounce off all the... They might not even... A person be, to invalidate the idea that they've got. That's right. Yeah. That's right. There's just nobody there. So yeah. it's like... A lot of the times, their, their decisions are made based on the response of someone else. Yes. Because they're very tactical. They'll say something not uh, about a certain subject, but they don't care about the res- they don't care about the actual word for word response. They want the action how it's how the response is verbalized. Yeah. So they will look at it and be like, "Oh, okay." Which there's nothing wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong style. with that, but there's, there's if not if available. That's how you gather your resources. That's, it's right? not available though. Yeah. So a lot of their decision making is going to be altered as well. And it's going to have to really dip into what experience do you have? What decisions can you now make on your own? Now you got to make a call. Are you willing to do that and make your own? Are call? you meant to essentially make an executive <clears throat> decision? Yeah. Without having to bounce an idea off a boardroom. So it'll stretch people. Yeah. So of course, and there's like, what's that? Everyone's using it now. It's like, I think it's probably one of them if there's if there's a silver if there's a catastrophe there's a silver lining to certain products that people are using i think zoom is one like what is zoom zoom is essentially like a multi-skype type thing like it's like it's a it's not almost slack 
I don't know. I don't. I don't know too much about. It. I just okay. know Zoom. It might be. There's like multiple screens. screens. Oh, we, can, oh, yeah. I've got one like that, similar Microsoft Teams. There's different ones. There's I Slack, think which Zoom is like, is like user friendly. Okay. And I'm not sure if it's a free product. I have no idea. Okay. But so you could still kind of mimic a boardroom and stuff like that. But yeah. the reality is, a lot of good, um, I guess, managers and whatnot, they're looking for. Um, you know, the, the, the term actions speak louder than words. Yeah. You know, they want to see people's reaction to certain things. They yeah. want to see, you know, like, you, you know, when you someone comes to them and they command that respect or oh, the boss is here and they, they kind of, they gauge off people. Yeah. That's gone. Yeah. There's no gauging off anyone. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, so it kind of, in a sense, brings the CEO or the general manager down in a sense to their level yeah. of, you know, making a decision based on just, you know, facts and figures as opposed to, what people are, you know, vibing off as well. Do you know what That's I mean? That's a good point. And I think a really good example, and I've been really impressed. Like, I've only just started, like, kind of following on, but there's a few leaders at this point in time. Well, I want to say a few, probably the one I'm going to point out in the current landscape is I'm really impressed by the New Zealand PM. Okay. Yeah, just me too. Right? Yeah. Um, Shout out to, what's her name? I don't even know what it is. Uh, something I just Ar- said Ar- it. Arden or something? Jacinda Arden. Arden. That's it. Super impressed, right? Yeah. So I saw a video clip of her the other day, and to your point where you said like coming down to people's level, right? Yeah. There was a video clip of her the other day. I think she, I think the the, the caption someone had written was, you know, she's just put her kids down to bed or her child down to bed. I don't know how many kids she got, one or two kids. I'm not sure, one mm-hmm. kid or whatever it is. Um, just put her kids down to bed. She's sitting in a lounge room. She's got like a sweater on, looking full comfortable at home. Yeah. And then she sits down and addresses the nation online. Yeah. And just talks comfortably. She's like, she's chilled. Like, sit back. She's got her arm up. She's like talking. And I was like... She's not pretending. You're not pretending. And that's she was right. just And that's what you honest. do in a boardroom as well. And a lot of talking. It. Yeah. And instead of like trying to front up and have your team behind you and see what advice, you're taking the leadership and addressing the nation. Yeah. She's busy. She's yeah. a mum. She's a prime minister. She's the prime minister. She's had to go through the volcano issue that happened. Yeah. Huge. Now they had the, the I think there was a, was there an earthquake or something or a terrorist attack or something that happened at one point. It was last year. There's now this pandemic, and so she has and she, she has came challenges. into office. I'm pretty sure while she was pregnant or was pregnant while she was prime minister has mm. had a baby. Took a little bit of leave, I think. Yeah, and she's still going on. Yeah, and I was it's like, impressive. I was impressed, and I was like, wow. Yeah, like. Kudos, like you're doing really well, and and, that, me, and and that's how you find a, a, the difference of a true leader as yes, well. Yes, is under under the situations where they kind of just be real, they step up, they keep doing their daily job, they keep being positive, they keep being vulnerable, they keep being transparent. I was like, I was impressed. It goes back to that point of being exposed, and she's exposed, yep. but in a positive way. She's actually just said, like, she's put a leg up, she's just like chilling she's in her trackies yeah she's like no no i don't give a fuck mode but she's like you know i'm the prime minister i'm still yep. doing my job but yeah i'm at home in my slacks yeah shows her own desk because there was another photo of like her desk and where she was kind of working from yeah. and stuff and i was like whereas a lot of a lot of leaders or just even team leaders hide behind the front yeah you know a lot of a lot of the front in a corporate situation hides what you actually really do yeah do you know what i mean and situations like these it's like you know it's going to expose that but like on an, on another flip side of, of all this silver lining like a great example is um uh my wife's work right yeah. so they're like the silver lining to this is not realizing the, the potential of new um ideas or ventures within the business yeah like the the, the essential of a lot of people are going to realize 
how much they can actually go virtual with yeah. their business yeah. because they're forced to be creative and yeah. not being held back by that. Oh, I wonder what people, how people are going to be perceiving this. It's like people don't have a, an option to perceive. This is the only option. Yeah. So they'll look at ways within the business to how, how to go. How can we see people virtually? How can we yeah. still provide a service virtually? Exactly right. um, do we actually need to see these people? If they can't be seen virtually, do we actually need to see these people as regularly as what we do need to see them. Therefore, yeah. is it going to open up more time to work on other aspects of the business? Yeah. You know, so she's in orthodontics and her orthodontist is a brilliant orthodontist, but, and, and she's always looking at different ways to, um, you know, improve things. Yeah. So she's like on it. And then them themselves as a business, they're like looking at, oh, well, we can do it like this. And oh, yeah. we realize we don't actually have to utilize this time to do that. And we can... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So exactly, and I think another perfect example is, you know, I've, I saw one of the industries that was probably going to be that probably hit a little bit, and it's going to cause people to flex is real estate agents. Yes, because you can't do large open inspections anymore. And two three years ago, I saw someone had posted a thing saying that someone had bought a house through Snapchat. Yeah. Now, if you had have told an agent. Yeah. Three years ago, that someone bought a house through Snapchat, or when with one or two sales ever, and people were like, "What? No, that's what he's talking about." Who would Snapchat is like, you know, kids using the phone and taking pictures and videos. Like, how are you going to sell a house? Yeah. Like, whereas now you do a virtual tour, and that's a big push now to have virtual tours yeah. come on. So this might accelerate a little bit the whole VR, Virtu- thing VR thing, yeah, and the whole virtuality in video. Because do you really need to go to a place like the video is there and it's real? It's. I think it's enough. There's an opportunity for th- you to go there and still look at it. I think for. I think for real estate, and I'm. No, I'm no real estate <laughs> agent, but I think um, if you're a director of a real estate agency and you've you've sent your you know your assistant and their assistant to do an open house, there's a lot of like kind of wasted time. Are yeah. they really doing their job and going? So, what do you think about the place? Can I? Can I ask? Can, is there any questions that you might have? What's yeah. your name? Can I take your details? Not every real estate agent is super proactive to kind of, I guess, sell the place or, yeah. or sell the rental or whatever it might be. Yeah. So there's a lot of kind of like money that that's being wasted in that respect. Whereas if there's like a, a VR, VR might be a way of them sifting through the people that actually really want to buy the place yep. as opposed to those who are just having a bit of a sticky beak, sticky beak and going exactly. in. Because if you, if you create like a, you know, I guess I'm throwing an, an idea out there for the real estate agents, which I'm sure they've probably thought of themselves, is you create like an open, virtual open house. Yeah. And if you record your interest, then yes, you can then buy appointment Go and actually physically, because you want to physically see the house too. Yeah, I would imagine so. You want to feel the bench top. You want to see what the state of the carpet. I is genuinely or- would would consider buying or leasing a house and not have looked at it. Look, <clears throat> if I could I have, could, proper, I couldn't personally. If I could have proper certified inspection report done on it. Yeah, and have. Uh, Things that people go through and check the yeah. structural thing, the pests, yeah. all that type of stuff. 100%. If I could get a full tick from that, and there was a very comprehensive video tour, yeah, and I was like interstate, for example, I was relocating, I'd comfortably buy something. Yeah. Or oh, look, or, I, I, or, or I personally couldn't, but I could see how because <clears throat> um, I'm a very tactile type person. Like, I like you know, it's very airy fairy of me, but I like to feel the vibe of the place, yeah. have a look at what my neighbors look like, all that kind of stuff. But some for some people, it's strictly business, and it might be just an invest. It might be easier if it's an investment property. It might be a little bit harder if it's your family home. But one one in respect to another, it doesn't. The fact that it's moving that way is a positive thing as well. Yeah. So I've bought a car over the phone, <clears throat> and I didn't even test drive it. Oh, there it was you go. a brand new car, but I, I went to the showroom and I had a look at the car. Yeah. But they said, "Do you want?" I said, "Can I take it for a test drive?" And at the time, they said, 
uh, no, mm-hmm. sorry, we can't take the car out. We've got no one to get it out. And I was like, geez, there's one like right here. Right in the there, showroom. yeah, yeah. And then ended up the guy ended up calling me back who was trying to sell it to me. And he's like, oh, so um, are you going to come in? I was like, oh, I was in on there on the weekend. And he's like, well, did you drive it? And I said, no, I didn't. They said that there was no one that could take it out. And I was like, yeah, that's really bad. I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> They're so lazy. And he was annoyed. Yeah. And he didn't get the sale. And I ended up going on the phone and I ended up speaking to the person. They sold it to me over the phone. Cracker of a deal. Yeah. And then <clears throat> ended up buying it over the phone, but I didn't even test drive it. Mm. But I was able to just vis- physically look at it, which I could have done via video anyway. Yeah. Um, but because I had done reviews, I know that you've got the car, for example, and yeah. you're like, "Yeah, it's good." Blah blah blah. And I'm like, "All right, fine, I'll." I'll get it. I think I, I think I let you drive it as well. Didn't I, I didn't even drive yours before. Did you drive ours. mine? No. Oh, I thought I, I thought I might have taken no, a no, drive, no. spin. I don't think I did. Or maybe I think <clears throat> Tash took Nat for a spin. Maybe Nat had. I driven. think I think yes, yeah, that's what happened. Nat took our car for a spin whilst we were at your place one time, like around the block or something. Yeah, maybe. and at first she was like, "Oh my god, it's so big." I don't know. I was willing to just buy it straight. I didn't yeah. even drive it, and I was like, "Yep, yeah, fine, fine." Oh, yeah, and I just bought it over the phone. It, that could be another thing as well. Yeah. Is there a need? Like maybe this might re- is might, might not be a good news for car salesmen, but again, they got huge over overheads. Yeah. Do they need the fancy car yard Thousands setup? Of square meters, just his cars just sitting there, and you've or, got a person every day walking around and washing every single one of them. That's right. Or could they just have? A warehouse, which again yep. is much cheaper to set out. Yeah, they've got these cars there in stock. Are they going to be a little bit dusty when you get there? Probably. Yeah. But you, you don't can even do need the, to get there. You could do just the wash it when it gets sold. Yeah, you could do exactly. <laughs> like, but you'd be surprised how many tour, how virtual many people tour. kind of get smoke mirrored by yeah. the little things like oh, it's a little bit dirty. Maybe I shouldn't buy the car. Put it this way: I would buy a Tesla if I could do a virtual tour of it. That's my next car. I would buy a Tesla without <laughs> even driving it. Yeah. The, I would. I just, today, if, yeah, I, look, if, I, if, I, if I was willing to just release cash and buy it, I'd be like, yeah, fine. I'll buy Bought, one. Buy yeah. one. Wouldn't, like, bother, wouldn't bother me. Again, that might be a bad, bad, again, bad news for car salesmen. Yeah. But maybe you don't need that many car salesmen. Do you know what I mean? Maybe you, and a lot of these things are going to reduce, a, I think, a lot of overheads for business. It could potentially be a change of, you know how you've got like the different eras, like industrial era, industrial age, the tech age, this and that. Yeah. Where, and like unfortunately, a lot age. of people lose their jobs during this time. Yeah, which is sad. But it does change the workforce yeah. so that people be, do certain, like different things. A lot of the people that used to be quite physical, yeah. hands-on on the tools, yeah. ended up having to move into the office and are really, really good at computers now. Yeah. So there was a shift and change well, in people. It allows people, people to multi-skill and <clears throat> Exactly, and I think that will well. continue to happen again. Yeah. A lot of the doctor's appointments now can be done virtually. You know, I understand they got a check and this and that, but especially if it's a if it's a physical check, then yes. But if it's even when the phones get better at tech and the doctor's like logging in, all right, put your hand on the sensor, the doctor reads your pulse. Yeah, Yeah. it's good. They read your temperature. Um, They can do like some sort of virtual VR depth of field scan to see what your anatomy is like. I think I think basic stuff. Yeah, with with obviously because it's kind of like my excuse me my industry. I think follow ups for sure. Um, things where like there are certain um, uh, surgeons or uh, specialists that don't necessarily need to do a physical. It's more just talking to them and yeah. explaining symptoms and whatnot. And they could easily be on a Zoom type platform, logging into their appointment, um, still charging the same because it's you know it's, a, it's the same kind of thing, and asking the questions. And then once that screen is finished, it screens over to the uh, to mm. the receptionist, and then they make your next appointment. Maybe initials might be a little bit difficult, but again, your the doctor's time, his his appointment schedule opens up for maybe more new patients, yeah, more physical examinations as opposed to I've got a whole day worth of 
follow-ups. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which might not be as beneficial for his business or his, you know, turnover kind of thing. Um, yeah. So stuff like that will, I think, should improve a lot. Yeah, totally. So there's lots of, um, certainly lots of silver linings. <clears throat> One of the other things I'd be interested in exploring is during this time, there's a lot of, I guess, things where, and we're going back to the whole point of if you're stuck at home and you're able to explore more passionate things that you're interested in doing, right? So for example, you know, if someone, you know, does a particular type of role, now they find themselves at home and I'll talk about writing, for example, because I like writing. Yeah. They've always wanted to write, create some sort of, they wanted to write a book, for example, you know, now they're at home, they actually got the time to do it and they start doing it. Yeah. Is it a good opportunity for someone to explore their passions? And when all this turns around, Mm Mm-hmm. Is it a good idea for them to continue on with that and see where it takes them to the point where they explore their passion over maybe returning to what they used to do? This is a tricky one because we're essentially right. If we're if we're if we're talking about this current time, probably yes. Um, let's just say hypothetically, in I don't know, in six months' time, this all not necessarily blows over, but it becomes it returns to somewhat normality. Um, there's definitely, you have to definitely, there's a certain reality check in it. And I think this current situation highlights the reality check even more. Mm. Um, I've always been more of a, like a, a realist than a dreamer personally. Yeah. Um, so I really cross and dot my checks and my T's like over and over and over again. Because I'm less, I'm less likely to make the leap because I, you know, um, I'm always, you know, because I'm a family man, I'm always worried about how it's going to impact my family and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So essentially the question you're asking, like kind of like job security versus passion. Yeah. Yeah, look, and I think I think I sit on both sides of the fences. I think you should always, if you're feeling stale and you want to do something different and inspire yourself, 100%. Mm. Chasing your passion is one thing. As long as it doesn't impact um, others, mm. It's, it's always a tricky one, but sometimes even then it's what needs to be done as well. Mm. Every situation is is different. You know what I mean? Mm. Like some people might be just stuck in a certain high paying job, but they hate every single minute of it. You need to make a tough choice. And you need to make a tough choice. Do I, do we, you know, take the gigantic pay cut so that I can do something that I like and enjoy myself and better my mental health mm. so that it eventually gets to a point where it's I earn I was earning more than what I was before. That is a huge leap. You know mm. what I mean? Jumping from one ledge to another, you can kind of calculate it. You can go like maybe I do a bit of a run up. What shoes do I wear? Is it rainy? Is the surface wet? You gotta <clears throat> yeah. look at all that. But it doesn't necessarily mean when you jump you're gonna make it. You know what I mean? You can crash and land. It's true. Really bad. It's a hard thing. I remember I read I remember I was in this probably how long ago was this now? Probably nearly eight, nine, ten years ago. And I was in a role where and it was probably it was really like my first full time type job, right? And I was working there for a few years and I started to get to a point where I was like really miserable in it. I really, really didn't like it. Getting out of bed every Monday morning was like a was a real chore. Like mm-hmm. it was hard. Sunday night I'd be like fretting over the next day every opportunity i had to talk to someone i found myself talking about how negative work was and i was thought thought to myself i'm like i wouldn't want to listen to me talk right now yeah and i was like how is my dialogue affecting other people right this is the extreme of it not even moving to a passion but just maybe this is a time for a lot of people to reflect and be like is this a blessing in disguise am i going to be forced to do something different now yeah 
because I was like really miserable and I was listening to myself and I'm like, I would not want to be associating with me right now, listening to my dialogue of complaining all the time about my job. And I was like, if you don't like it, why don't you change? And yeah. the whole thing in mind was like, well, you're, you got a family, you got a house, how are you going to sustain this? And I was like, my mental health is going really, really bad. Mm-hmm. It's going to affect long-term anyway. Yeah. And then I was like, I was like, something's got to change. Something's got to change. And I literally was like, I made the choice. I actually read a book. It was like the book, and it's actually a good book for people to read probably right now, especially in the current circumstances. What's the book called? It's called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. Okay, we'll put it in the show notes. We'll put it in the show notes. So it's called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. And the book basically talks about what are what are some of the false ideas around fear and mm-hmm. what it could eventuate into mm-hmm. and how do you overcome that fear and yeah. do something on the other side of it. It doesn't matter what it is, right? Yeah. And there's one particular part in the book, and I won't give it away, but it was kind of like the aha moment for me where I read it and I was like, The aha moment. It was like the aha moment, right, yeah, yeah, in the yeah. book. And I don't know whether it was like serendipity where it was the right book that I needed to read at the right time, but I'd be at, I'd be at that job and I'd be eating lunch and I'm like, oh, I'm so miserable and I'd find myself being distracted. And then I was reading this book and it kind of clicked to me. And then it was like, I was like, it, it helped me. It helped me at the point where I'm just like, I'm done. And yeah. I literally resigned. Yeah. And I was like, and they're like, oh, so what are you going to do now? Like, what's what job are you going to go to? And I was like, I don't have one. Yeah. Like, what do you mean you don't have a job? And I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but yeah. I'm, I'm resigning. Yeah. And I didn't even have a massive nest egg of cash at the time because yeah. it was like my first job. I was quite young, yeah. but I had a few weeks of annual leave. Yeah. And I was like, look, I can probably sustain myself for a few weeks. I'll be able to find a job. And I was just fully optimistic. I ended up applying for like 100 to 200 jobs. Like yeah. it wasn't easy. But you, you know, and but, I had a degree and I still was trying to apply. And I was like, I was in the pool of everyone. I was still trying to find a job. Yeah. But I took the leap. Yeah, that that so like, that to me kind of if I can kind of paint a is picture is the extreme of taking the step. It's a, but but you were kind of like you couldn't take a step because you were kind of shackled to a pole in a sense. Yeah, you knew that if you ran out into the open field, you weren't sure what was there, but it was better than the shackle on the pole. That's, Definitely that's, was. That's that's essentially what mental it became health to you. wise. Yeah, the repercussions of staying in it. Yeah, affecting myself, my yeah. family, and others around me. Yeah, was more painful. Yeah, than leaving the job yeah. and not having enough security until I found something else because I was willing to do anything else for the same sort of pay That's almost, right? right? Yeah. So I had to weigh it up as in, well, what's the level of pain that I'm comparing? Is it more painful to stay where I am Yeah. or more painful to have a little bit of uncertainty at the time? And for yeah. me, it was less painful to have uncertainty, so yeah. I took that route. But at the same time, you couldn't have... <clears throat> I don't think you could have... You could... You could have still, by having the job, still applied for other jobs, but the motivation—the motivation wasn't there until no. you released the shackle on the chain. Right. I was applying for jobs, but it wasn't. It wasn't. There was a sense of point. urgency to it as well. Yeah, it was. And I think that's one point. Point I wanted to kind of talk about with job security versus passion. Sometimes there's a sense of urgency um, that kicks in, and you know you're in that like uh, make or break moment. Yeah. So you could have easily applied for maybe fifty jobs. Yeah. And you would have thought that would have been enough. Because you've already got a job. And feel, oh, I'm probably for 50 jobs today. That's a lot. But because you've gone, shit, I made the leap. I've resigned. Or as of a month's time, there's no income coming in. Yeah. There's that extra drive that kicks yeah. in. It's it's the make or break. It's, you know, it's the flight, fight or flight type mo- yeah. uh, motion. And I think sometimes you need that in order to go... Yeah, it's time to it's time to go for that yeah. passion as well. So there's a, there's certain triggers. You know, you can read books and stuff like that, and I think that helps. But there are certain triggers that make people go, "Oh shit!" You know, I need it. And and a lot of people kind of have, uh, and like another example is people 
are happy with their job, but they're not pursuing another pash side gig, so to speak, because, you know, it's like, it's, 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 they're going to down, put down some money. Uh, you know, I'm not sure if I should do it. Yeah. Yeah, we could use that money for a family holiday or we could save for that car. It's a lot yeah. of gray. All of a sudden your partner loses their job. Yeah. They're made redundant and you're like, they're not going to get a job anytime soon because their role is whatever. Just, let's just hypothetically say yeah. that their partner cannot get a job. All of a sudden that passion gets kicked into gear because yeah. it's like, oh shit, well, we it need becomes that. a viable becomes option. a viable option. So sometimes you need, well, things just happen. You don't necessarily go looking for it, but something like that happens like a fight or flight moment where you go, yeah, let's take the leap regardless yeah. because it's either, it's either that or yeah, nothing kind yeah. of thing. You know, and I, mean? I think there's going to be a lot of stories that people are going to tell out of this. It's going to be like, it's going to be I think it's our version of the Great Depression it is and it's going to be that it's going to be the typical <laughs> we're going to be the, we're going to be the 80 year olds talking to our great grandchildren about, about the, co- the, co- the COVID the COVID, the COVID the era the COVID pandemic the right? pandemic right and which is fascinating like I just got goosebumps thinking about yeah. it because it's, tr- like, it's the truth though it's the truth and I think it's it's kind of like the stripe yeah because as I was saying before like we, our generation, we kind of on the tape. We 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 experienced the financial crash thing in like two thousand and eight, right? It wasn't super 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 bad. It was, but just it was still pure, a GFC. purely financial. <clears throat> but it was pure, purely, purely economic, financial. Economic. Now you've got economic and health plus health. Yeah, and this invincible monster. Essentially. It is, and it's something that people in in our day and age was probably like, ah, oh, it never happened. We got vaccines, we got good medical system, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But it happens, but it right? Happened. Yeah. So I think it's like it's almost like you've people have earned their stripe. Um, by force, they've had to learn to adapt and, I guess, change the way they've done certain things. Um, so I think it's a very interesting time to be alive. Um, yeah, I was going to have another point, but I can't remember. Well, let me ask you a question, and then I guess you can, you know, yeah. ask me if you like. Um, what would be your advice for people, for whatever it matters, to whether they should choose? Obviously, there's there's a lot of you know, different, um, you know, variabilities that come into place, but just, just yeah. keeping it basic as opposed to job security versus passion, regardless of your, um, you know, you've got a family or you're not, or you're living at home with your mom and dad, whatever it is, there's always risks. There are greater risks, but there's always a risk and there's always a, a positive yes. about it. So what, what would be your take? I would always encourage people to pursue what makes them happy. Mm-hmm. Don't stay in something that doesn't make you happy. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be a massive, great, huge step to start with to try and get towards that happiness. Yeah. Because some people got the idea of, well, I'm so miserable, I have to go from zero to 100 in happiness. Sometimes that doesn't happen. Yeah. When I left my job years and years ago, I left and I was like, I want to go back into science. Yeah. I didn't go straight into science. I went into scientific recruitment. Yeah. (laughs) And then through serendipity, I managed to make a really, really good network. I was applying for jobs and I found myself back in science, right? But it wasn't until I took that first leap. Yeah. So... I'd say to people is always pursue what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. There's nothing noble in being in a miserable job just so you can sustain your family, thinking that you're bringing in the income because ultimately not everybody's happy anyway. For yeah. the sake of what? You've got a few extra bits of money. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to go and subscribe to some sort of streaming service. You're going to pay for it anyway. Yeah. You're going to always have something to pay for. Mm-hmm. Things are always going to get more. Ex- it, doesn't, it doesn't stop. Yeah. Literally every time I've got a mad pay jump, what do you think happens? It just goes away. Something I get a letter from someone. Fees are going up. Yeah. Or this price is going to change. Yeah. Or this thing no longer exists. This thing no longer exists. Yeah. Or 
you've taken a leap, you're traveling further. So it's going to cost you more money. Like there's always this thing that you're chasing. Life doesn't ever go one day. It's all just going to be, eventually, ideally, you'd hope it does level out. But there's always something. You're always chasing something. You're always chasing something. So there's never going to be this super duper ultimate perfect time. If you're in something and it's passion versus, what was the word you were saying? Job security. I'd say- Somewhat passion. Direct your energy somewhat to passion. And I come from a unique perspective where as a multi-potentialite, you know, I was born, like I was born (laughs) doing this, right? Like I'm used to having a central core of income and pursuing a lot of passions Passions around around it. So it it. kind of comes natural to me. Yeah. But I'd say for someone- For some people it's not. For someone it's not natural. I totally empathize with that. So what I'd say is if, if you can financially support yourself where you can kick your current- thing to decide and yeah. fully go all in and be very comfortable and sustain yourself for six months a year or whatever go for it yeah. great so all- if you've got a mad trust fund and you're willing to do it fine go for it i get it yeah but for someone who doesn't have that one good way of doing it is sustain your core job yeah. that you've got or some sort of core financial income no matter what it is yeah and then pursue what you want along in parallel to that on the side yeah um, you pretty much took everything I was going to say. Um, I guess in a, in a way, um, to add to that, ultimately you're saying pursue happiness ab- ab- 100%. above everything else. Yes. Um, I, I would agree with that. I think as well, w- w- understanding what you perceive as happiness as yeah. well, because a lot of people hold on to the job security because it's provide it's providing that kind of like happiness. Yes. For others. The job security, the job security is, not is well. The job security is a happiness. Like it contributes to happiness the, because it provides you the paycheck coming in is the it happiness. provides you security and a feeling of freedom, which makes you, which allows you to explore things that make you happy. Yeah. So what I could add to that is maybe look at what you deem as happiness. Yeah. Because um, that paycheck is coming in and it's paying for you and everyone else's things. Yep. And maybe it's a good time to evaluate. Yep. Those things that we can take away like happiness wise, you know what I mean? Like, do we really need this? Do I really need that? Do I like find out what it is that you want to perceive, pursue as as a, like a passion. Yeah. So you can get more happiness, like true happiness. And then essentially what I'm trying to say, is like your budget, you you create a budget of your life, not the money aspect, the budget of your life. What am I really happy about? What's, what's keeping me in this job security? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, to add to what you're to add, to add to what you were saying. And, um, yeah, like, I would I would hundred percent agree with everything that you said. Like in every in every circumstance is different. Yeah. Um, with whether you can or you can't. But what do you, what do you mean by the 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 find the thing for the job security the happiness thing around you? We're just about to. Explore well, the job that. security aspect is like people are in it. Not they're going to the job and they're heading the nine to five. They come home, but the happiness is on Friday afternoon or let's just say the Monday the pay comes in. That's yeah. the happiness bit. Yeah. Because it's the only reason why they're there. So it's it's a form of happiness because it's the monetary aspect that's keeping everything going. The mortgage, the this, the that, yep. all that kind of stuff. But what I'm trying to say is evaluate that happiness. Yep. Evaluate that money aspect. What's it paying for? Yeah. So like breaking down, because the reason why people don't jump is because, oh, well, I've got this really, really well-paid job. I hate it, but it's there. Okay. Yeah. What I'm saying is evaluate what that, is providing yeah okay strip strip back is it is it because you like going on i'm gonna go very very gary v-esque here but do i like going on that you know once once a year or twice a year holiday do i really like you know these subscriptions do i really want to buy 
this? Do I really want to go yeah. on a? F- what are you spending? Useless, what is? What you it's, it's almost, I'm not saying do a things. budget because I don't want to get too you know financial and stuff. But it's like find out what is making was holding you back that yeah. little bit of happiness. Yeah. So that you can. What's pursue bogging you down now from actually pursuing the passion? The, the true happiness, yeah. the real passion. Because when you pursue passion, it gives greater happiness. Yeah. And I'll throw this different perspective as well. That. I guess is important for people and it's actually a real thing, right? It's a lot of the times the reason why a lot of people find themselves tied to a job that they don't like mm-hmm. is because they've they've made their lifestyle become dependent on that job. And one of the things is as you start to work your way up, they essentially studied something that they or they were told to or they perceived as a good job but now they hate it. That's probably how they get into it. Yeah. But if they're into it, if they're in a job and they've worked their way up and they've become like a team leader, a manager, and a you know, an exec or a director or you know what is CEO, whatever it is of a company, yeah, is you end up getting to the point where you make enough money or so much money that where your if your and your lifestyle at that point is so heavily linked to that job that you actually can't leave the job. Otherwise, you can't sustain your life. That's right. And I think it's very important. The moment you cut that tie, it's like, I cannot You cut that tie. So it's like you get to the point where your lifestyle becomes dependent on that job. And the only way to do that, to to kind of get out of that if you're in it, is you really have to do what you said is, which is look at what's weighing you down. Yeah. But for those who are kind of working their way towards that right now, and you find yourself where you look around and you're like, shit, hold on a second. I'm in a really good spot as far as income-wise. Things are starting to get really, really good. But but I'm spending it on a lot of stuff and my lifestyle's cost me a lot of money. Not even because you're just spending it on rubbish shit. It's just general lifestyle. Yeah. Just in general. Mm-hmm. You gotta ask yourself the point when you're in that requires some self awareness to say, hold on a second, do I really, really love this job? Is mm-hmm. it something I'm passionate about? And am I gonna take the jump from the next fifty to hundred K or whatever it is to the next level? Mm-hmm. Or do I wanna kind of scale back a little bit and find what I'm passionate about and then pursue that. Because as soon as you take that next leap, inherently life expands to fill in mm-hmm. that new role that you took 100%. and you be- you become linked to it. Do you know what I'm trying yeah, to say? Yeah, no, I 100% agree. And with I you. think it's very important that people, when they're climbing the pole, as they say, right, in the, in the corporate world, is you really have to be self-aware and, and realize that is that really the job you really want to do that that's, in that's and love that in? Because you're going to be very, yeah. you're, you're going to get tied to that. Mm-hmm. So if for all other reasons where you're like, oh, I'm scared, I'm not sure. If you're actually in a comfortable spot and you're just like, but the money's good, but I could go and pursue my passion. So yeah. this is for those people where they're like, I could do it, but I'm not sure because sure. the money's good. Yeah. This Now this is really where it speaks to the true happiness because you're like, all right, fine. Pursue the career path that you're taking. Really, really climb up. You might not be super happy, but eventually your lifestyle is going to get directly linked to your income yeah. and you're not going to be able to move. So while yeah. you've got the opportunity now, maybe move you should when you make can. a shift yeah. while you can. Before you get really stuck. Exactly. I think uh, I wanted to kind of go a little bit deeper into that is I think a lot of people don't look at the long-term mental health of themselves. Yeah. Um, being in a job where they're like, yeah, don't really like it, but it's good pay and you just keep climbing climbing the ladder, so to speak, is what yep. they need to try and look further ahead is like, how much longer, because money's good now. Yep. They don't have to worry about money. So take the money aspect out of it because yes. you're in the job that's giving you security. This is for people who are comfortable now. This is the comfortable yes. people. You're comfortable. Everything's good, but you need to look, and this is a selfish decision you have to make as well. And there's nothing yep. wrong with being selfish. Um, you got to go, how much longer mentally 
Yeah. Can I do this? And most people might find themselves in some kind of form of middle age, mid thirties, mid forties. I think that's generally the realization. Yeah. Um, I, I would assume it could be earlier. I'm not sure. Um, and I would say that <clears throat> you have to look at that mental health aspect of yeah. it. How much longer can I really stay in this job? Like, cause it's slowly chipping away at my mental health. Yeah. Can I see myself at this at 55? Yeah. 60? Yeah. 65. And if I can't, you have to look at the flow-on effect, the ripple yes. effect of that. Is it going to start affecting my relationship? Is it going to start affecting my relationship with my partner, my kids, my, f- my friends, my family, how I communicate with people? Am I going to be miserable? And these are the questions people have to ask as well. Yeah. So ultimately what we're saying is by, because I think we're on the same page, whether it's job security versus passion, you should, I think you should always change passion because passion is happiness. Yeah. Um, and if you're not happy, it you can lie to yourself day in day out for 10 15 20 years yeah. and it and it chips away at you like a little like a like a swiss army knife on a 100 year old tree eventually yeah that swiss army knife is going to win yeah, and, and that th- tree is going to chop down yeah. and you're going to come crashing down and i think what you cuz when you were saying 55 60 65 to put into real short term context you got to ask yourself the question if you really don't like what you're doing now or you're saying <clears> to yourself i could probably pursue my passion but should i or shouldn't i do it ask yourself can you sustain your current lifestyle the way you feel right now for the next one year? Could you keep doing what you're doing right now for the next one year? Yeah. If you had to wake up every morning feeling the way you do right now for another year, could you do it? That's right. Yeah, I could. Okay. Yeah. What about five years? Yeah. Five uh, maybe, years of this? Uh, or 10 maybe. Or 15. Or... What happens if you were doing this for the next 10 years? Could yeah. you picture yourself in 10 years' time how you'd feel? Yeah. For some people, they're like, no, I yeah. couldn't. If some people are like, I couldn't do this for another month. Yeah. That's to the point where I was at when I left yeah. my, my job but years and years, I'm, years ago. I'm, it's like, I'm, I'm appealing to those who are like, can do it for maybe 10. For me, I'm talking to those people, like the comfortable and you slowly see it. It's just they're, they're slowly, very slowly being worn down, just very slowly. Mm-hmm. Those are the people you got to ask yourself, well, can I can I really truly do this? Can mm-hmm. I foresee the site? And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in like, I would say like not science, like you read your book, right? Mm. And that was like a sign in a sense. There's certain things that happen that kind of give you the the look as in like, oh, should I, or maybe I should do this. You know what I mean? And I, I'm a firm believer in there's in only you know when you've been given that sign. Yeah. And and <clears throat> this is not this is not coming from a, a, a religious uh, aspect yeah. or anything like that. But there are certain things that kind of go bing, like yeah. a light bulb. You're like, I should listen to this. And I remember personally, I was just kind of share a story of my, my own. Like I remember when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. All right. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure. You know, I guess I'll start off with, with this. And I was not necessarily being told by everybody that, oh, you shouldn't do it or whatever, because everything was monetary based. Can, oh, how much money do you make? Is it going to sustain your life? Is it going to do this? Is it going to do that? Um, I went into a, I went into the classroom and I had like obviously different, you know, days of where I was doing different subjects. And I found myself consistently in a classroom where everybody was at least a decade older than me. Mm. And that was my sign to knowing that, oh, this is odd. Like there's something really different here. Everyone, like at the time I was 18, everyone was at least 30 in the room. And I'm like, what the bloody hell am I doing here? Or then I started to think, what the bloody hell are these people doing here? They're 10, 12, 15 years older than me. As in they're taking career shifts and stuff? Every single person in that mm. room was either A or B. They were either A, changing career paths, yeah. or B, they were like Upstairs. in the process of changing. So oh, okay. like they, they got that core job, yeah. but this is what they've always wanted to do. Yeah. 
And they're going to do that as slowly until it builds up to a point where they can leave their core job. Mm. And that was my realization where I went, oh, but I'm already here. Yeah. And it's probably maybe silly to say, well, how could you just base what, whether you're doing the right thing based on the people in your class? Yeah. I wasn't the people in the class. It was the age that they were in yeah. as well. So sometimes you get realizations like that. Like, look at your surroundings is yeah. essentially what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I get it now, yeah. Look at your office space. And that kind of validated your, I'm making the right choice. Yeah, because look at, look at your office space. Sometimes you might not be, you think you might be making the right decision or I should keep it because of my family, this and that. As some form, you're in a job with other people. Look at their situation. Yeah. Look how they are. Just because you like, you might be like, oh, I hate Barry from down the hallway. He's such a, he's such a grumpy bastard. Yeah. What's the stop for you turning into Barry? Yeah. If he's if 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 Barry is the guy that you respond to because he's your um what's the word I'm looking for like your your team leader or your supervisor your supervisor yeah. you want to be Barry in ten years time yeah like you want to be his, his on his pay what makes you think that you're not going to be Barry's personality? Yeah, exactly. So what essentially, the reason why I bring up that story is look at your environment. Look at the people that you're surrounded by. Generally speaking, if you're in an environment where everybody is genuinely happy and you're not, it's because you've probably chosen something completely not you. Yeah. Um, but if most majority of the time, if you if they're happy, you're probably going to be happy too. Yeah. That's, no, how, that's how I see it as yeah. well. Like, and it can, and it's if any industry. I think it's yeah. sometimes it can, it may not necessarily be the industry itself. It could just be that in specific employer. Yeah. But I think analyzing your surroundings and the people you work with, or the people you respond to, or the people that respond to you, look how everyone is functioning, because that'll give you a good indication as to whether yeah you should make the jump. Or <clears throat> and not. I think just expanding when I was saying like re- reading the book, this isn't um this isn't about like getting some you know message from like another world that's kind no, of like no, no, you know no, giving not. you a sign there was a point i actually give talk about the, the point in the book for me that it that it made me realize that well hold on a second what's the, the chances the right yeah it wasn't yes yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not like odin speaking, speaking no me, right? no it's definitely not and i'm not making fun of that but it's not no, no, that kind of mean. sign but to clarify it was like in the book there was a certain section where and there's lots of good tips and techniques but one thing that really turned around for me was a, one part of the book says nine times out of ten yeah. The thing that you most fear won't eventuate anyway. And we I was should, like... We should probably talk about fear mo- a bit more, but yeah, keep going. Yeah, and I was like, so nine times out of ten, the the fear that I... The thing that I fear most probably won't eventuate. And I was like, so there's a 90% chance that if I make the right choice, or if I make the choice, mm-hmm. make the leap, all these things that I really, really fear probably won't happen anyway, mm-hmm. right? There's only a 10% chance the shit is going to hit the fan. And at that point, I was like, well, as a scientist, I'm like, well, those odds are pretty good. I've got yeah. a 9 out of 10 chance that shit's going to be okay. And yeah. it was at that point where I was like, all right, I'll make the leap. Yeah. Right? That's For me, that was the turning point because it was like, and it, was, it wasn't like a, a you know spiritual sign. It was just hard fact that, you know what? Take a leap. People are thinking, oh, but if I if I take the leap and I pursue my passion, then maybe this will happen and everybody will make laugh at me and point their fingers and everyone's going to look at me bad and I'm going to be perceived as a, well, nine times out of 10, 90% chance, that won't happen anyway. Yeah. So already by default, it gave, me, it gave me almost like the permission to say, well, that's non-existent almost. I'm yeah. willing to wear those odds. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go a, a tiny little bit step further than that. You just said nine out of 10, okay? I I would um, f- 
get people to think about the one out of 10 as well. And most people's concerns and fears is falling flat on your face. Yeah. Whether it's being financial, whether it's financial and losing something. I think taking the leap as well, you've got to like analyze the risks <clears throat> of everything as well. And then once you analyze the risks, are you okay with falling flat on your face yeah. or on your ass? If you're not, I, I um, encourage people to get comfortable with falling on your ass. Yeah. Because that sometimes, that one out of 10, because some people will only do it if it's 10 out of 10. A 10 out of 10 times it won't happen. I'm talking about the one out of 10. If you're, if you're seriously concerned about the one out of 10 that yep. you may fall on your bum, be comfortable. That's really hard for a lot of it people. Is, it is, but... To me, that idea is foreign. Yeah, it is foreign. But you said nine out of 10, it won't happen. And I agree with you, nine out of 10 won't happen. But if it's nine out of 10, that means one out of 10, it may happen. Yeah. Okay. You need to be comfortable with the one out of 10. Yeah. Make yourself comfortable with one out of 10. If you truly cannot be comfortable with one out of 10, yeah. then you need to kind of reevaluate just that little bit more. Because I think the more you're comfortable with not falling on a safety net, the easier the decision is. Yeah. And if you're like, what happens if I lose my money? Well, guess what? You've lost your money. Yeah. If you're com- if you have to be comfortable with losing See, everything. For a lot of people though, it's not it's not the financial thing that they're mostly feared about. Yeah. When they really, really get down to it. Because what is it they're fearing then? This then? is the thing. They fear that whole falling on their face, being perceived as a failure. What are people gonna think? That's exactly how am that. I gonna feel? Don't worry about to that. Me, I know, but to, this is the interesting thing. I think you and I are similar in that regard, and because you know, for me personally, because I've tried lots of different things as a multipod, right? Mm-hmm. Um it, it to me the idea of failing <clears throat> or you know I don't I don't really care if someone points their finger and goes oh look he he tried but it didn't work out I actually find I find fuel in that yeah the more I do that and if someone says oh you know whatever because I know that when you add it all up the sum of everything is still positive right yeah so to me it doesn't matter but for a lot of people the the throwing the money at it's not the hard thing it's yeah. what are people going to think about me yeah to me that I don't have a trouble getting over yeah. so I have to empathize with people who actually find that challenging because yeah. for a lot of people that's the thing that's holding them back yeah that's the fear I, I, part that you were saying i think you, know, you want to I talk about because that to me that's the challenge the fear, the fear. look it's gonna it's gonna sound very hollywood-esque but you need to embrace the fear of it you know what i mean like people you if you need to try and eliminate or be comfortable with fear. if it's, it's there it's an actual fear it's it's not going to go away the more you try and convince yourself it's not but if you're comfortable with going Oh well, these people are gonna look at me and think that I'm that I failed. Well, that's just what it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if you do then not fail, then it's even even like more satisfying when you succeed. That's yeah. how I see it too. Yeah. Um. But yeah, in general, I think if you're comfortable with falling flat on your face, the more you get comfortable with it, because it doesn't happen straight away. No. The more you're comfortable with it, whether it's being per- falling flat on your face is the how people perceive you or it's the financial aspect or both yeah the more you get comfortable with it the easier it is to do it that's right and i think a lot of people if i kind of put myself in their shoes and if i kind of analyze how i how i would personally think about it is and like many things here we can only speak from experience right it's people are going to judge at some point some people get to think things they're going to say things they're going to point fingers whatever yeah but at the end of the day their somebody else's perception of you doesn't have to be your reality, right? Yeah. If somebody is trying to put you down or knock you down, it's more than likely 
in fact, in nearly every single instance. They've got an issue with themselves. It's not exactly. It's not nothing to do with you. It's they've got an issue with With themselves. themselves. So they'll put it on you to make you feel like you're crap so they can pull themselves relatively up, right? So I think for the most part, people need to take ownership of their own happiness. Mm -hmm. People need to take ownership of their own circumstances. And people need to take ownership of their own... It's going to sound corny, but destiny, right? Their own... But it's the truth, though. It's the truth, though, yeah. right? They need to take ownership of that. And the only way to do that is to say, well, who gives a fuck about what everybody else thinks? thinks that's like, right. people are going to say shit. Who cares? It's one thing do I, it for yourself. That's like, one thing I always say to my boys. Don't be worried about what other people, people think. think. Doesn't matter how hard you try. There'll you always can, be someone. There's all, that's not, not only that, not only is there always going to be someone. You can't actually control how people think. Yes. It's <coughs> not a job to control how. Yeah, people like think. the you know the classic is when people like with everything that's happening now, right? It's like certain sports stars and people that that have, of huge wealth are donating money to hospitals to help with the current pandemic we're in. Yeah, and it's like. You know, um, I was just reading literally like this morning, Novak Djokovic, the tennis player, has donated a million dollars to the Serbian hospitals to... Guaranteed, I know what someone would have said. And they'd be like, oh, only a million dollars? Only a million bucks. Like, are you serious? It's a million dollars. Exactly. And it's a million dollars that he earned. Yes. He's a sports star. He has... It doesn't matter if he's got 200. He's still donated a million. zillion rackets over over a net. Yes. You know what? Are they maybe overpaid? Maybe, but we're the we're the people that watch the tennis. Yes. We're the people that pump money into sponsors that therefore pay him yes. as prize money. And it doesn't matter why they're doing it for whatever game. Doesn't the matter. fact of the matter so is they still donate. It's a perfect it. example. I tell people like you could donate a million, you can donate ten million. There's Some always going to be someone something. saying, "Oh, but you could have done this." So if you strip it right back and be like, "I don't care," don't care what other people think because someone is going to find something, some way to. Or whatever, knock it down, reject it. Because if you just focus on your own path, that's the best way to go about it. I agree. It. <clears throat> 100%. I, yeah, I, I think that's a good... And I remember reading the like the comments. I'm like, really? Like, that's a million bucks. Whatever, yeah. euros, dollars, US, whatever it is, million, million or something. Yeah, it's common. I see it all the time. doesn't matter whether it's for some sort of appeal, some sort of raising funds through a concert, charity, this and that. that someone Oh, they're only money. doing it to, to promote their, their album. Yeah, yeah like, so what if they are? So Who cares? They're, they're still, still donating the money. Like, you so know? it's like people, I always say to my boys, people don't worry about what others say. It's irrelevant. Yeah. It's completely irrelevant. Someone will say something regardless. Even yeah. if you're a charity work, oh, he's only set up a charity because he wants to offset his tax and rah, rah, rah. It's like, he set up a fucking charity, man. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. somewhere, somewhere down the line, that money he's raising or she he's raising yep. is going to a greater cause. Yeah. And there's still people that are benefiting from that whole thing, whether they got a job there, whether they've supported a community somehow, some yeah. way, right? So we essentially use that as an true, example. True altruism. Yeah. Like true altruism. Do you know what altruism is? Like altruistic? No, I don't know. Altruism. So altruistic, the idea of out, being altruistic is where you do things totally for the greater good of somebody else yeah. or for something else with no expectation in return. Yeah. That idea doesn't exist. Yeah. Because if you go and trying to be true, truly altruistic, it's like I'm giving away everything and I expect nothing in return. I do it just for the joy of other people. But in doing that action, you get joy out of doing it. Even if you're not that's, even if you don't express that's, it. That's the beat that you you're getting, getting joy out of doing that task, which that's means right. you're getting something. Yeah. And I think I'm, there's no such thing as true altruism. So yeah. Whatever the person's getting out of it, to pull that out of the picture yeah. doesn't matter. Unless they're truly, actually hurting people. If you're starting up like 
a massive charity at the expense of human lives or human happiness so you can pocket things intentionally. Yeah. That's a different story. It's a different thing we're talking about. It's criminal type stuff, right? I'm talking like you you do something and for the most part you go out and you're like, oh, I can get something out of this. Yeah. Like it's going to help me. I'm going to be able to do this, but it's going to help others too. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's like when they did that bushfire relief, right? Yeah. They had a massive concert. Some artists announced, oh, this is going to be my new single or my new th- whatever. And it's like, oh, they just they just signed up because they wanted to announce their new single. Are they not there? Exactly. Are they not performing exactly. technically for free? Yeah. Thank you. That's yeah. enough. Did you go to a fruit shop and buy apples? Yeah. So why didn't they give me the apples for free? They exactly. just done it out of the goodness of their heart. Exactly. Well, they showed up to give you the apples. They're going to get paid. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I think I've touched on the word expectation. I think it's there's so much... In a, in, a, in a way, there's so much negative connotation that comes out of ex- anything you do and you and you expect. It's it's gonna have it's just gonna it's just gonna feel a bit slimy, yeah. anyways. Like you said, do you know what I mean? But like every there's nothing wrong with like I said, setting up something that's gonna benefit us. And if it benefits you, well then, if it's benefiting others as well, well then great. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. But um, yeah. Ultimately, don't worry about what other people think. I agree. Yeah. Ah. <sighs> How'd you feel about that one? We just took a breath. (laughs) Who, me? We both did. I know. We just took a breath. I think that was the longest. That is actually probably officially the longest. uh, Wasn't the one before this the longest? I think this was a longer podcast. We're getting there. We're getting longer and longer. I could easily continue talking for a long time, but it's one of those things where it's like- You want to keep people engaged. It's not just that. It's like you leave. If I leave here, I'm like, oh, so now I've got this much hours left in the day and I know I've got other stuff to get to. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. It is what it is. It's fitting things in to the day and- yeah, busy doing, life. Doing all that, you know. Oh, well, well see, like, I, I, I prune my hedges so they can get thicker so they look more beautiful. But I'm sure they just want to keep growing. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I put some um, slow-release fertilizer down on my lawn. Oh, the lawn porn ones? I did, man. Was it good? It is. I've already noticed a difference already. It's been a what kind couple of, of weeks. What, what kind of differences? So, I have uh, Sir Wally and... <laughs> Or, you know, the, the, don't the, you love Aussies? How we just we just Sir slang, Walter, we Walter, slang right? and shorten everything. But the the actual official type of lawn of this whole buffalo is Saint Augustine, right? Is that yours? Saint Augustine, Augustine, Augustine. All buffalo is. That's what it is. Oh, okay. Oh. And this, I've been reading more about the whole. You know how you're learning about like the names of plants and stuff. It's yeah, like yeah. so buffalo down. is that type of is Saint Augustine lawn, right? And then you got the different variances of that sapphire, Sir Walter, Matilda, uh, Matilda. Yeah. Uh, all those different versions, yeah, yeah. right? Anyway, so right now going into the winter season is when you start to get dormancy because it's a warmer warmer lawn, yes. right? So because the lawn's a warmer lawn, it tends to stay green and healthy throughout the summertime. As it starts to get cooler... You want to create a the, thick thatch so it can survive winter. It gets a thick, thick thatch. It survives through the winter. Um, and then it's it really... Basically, it's like the thatch and the root growth that starts to happen in wintertime. Yeah. The leaf tapers off and it stores all the energy down below. And then when it starts to get warmer again, your lawn starts to produce leaf again. You start to get green. You cut off that dry bit that's the, left the over winter, on the, the top. The winter thatch, essentially. The winter thatch. Yeah. Let the sun come in. So what I'm trying to do is trying to extend my green, okay. right? Going into the cooler time. But I've noticed green. everybody's lawns... Fairly green. At Fairly time. green at the moment. Well, it's been pretty right? good. It's been a few mixed days of rain, yeah. sun, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I've noticed people's lawns that they look green, but they're not tight. Okay. They're a bit bit looser in the leaf, nice. right? Okay. So when I've I've put the I've put this slow release fertilizer down on my lawn, and I've noticed it, it's like weaving tighter. Nice. It's getting that true buffalo carpet. You're not you're not, you're not, feel, you're not right? seeing the the flaky tips. No, it's all so just I'm getting like, like lots of different angles of growth. It's really tightening up the weave, and I'm seeing a lot of. 
the the running shoots now yeah. spread across and fill up a, one particular portion of my front for whatever reason it, it just died off and got real dirt area for some reason i was really annoyed about it yeah but I'm, now i'm seeing a lot of runners come through and yeah, i'm like yeah 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 okay and it seems like they've shot up quite a bit more in the last couple of days after using these four seasons right yeah so i've put down the slow release fertilizer usually it takes you for about 16 weeks i'm probably going to get I don't know how much green I'm going to get out of it. Um, but it looks greener? It's 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 coming greener, nice. right? A little bit. Yeah. Um, but I'm hoping it's going to help sustain, you know, the whole root, the roots phase of it. Yeah. And I'm thinking of putting down like a root builder. Okay. To try and keep the roots As in like a strong. lawn builder type? It, well, it, there's different products. As in like, a seesaw type root builder? The, the root builder is like, I'm pretty sure that's the one with like a kelp type. Okay. Thing, yeah. Yeah. Right? So it's like really sustains like the root growth. It's either a sea salt or a you know kelp type thing. Yeah. To try and Some get the seaweed. roots. Yeah. yeah. Trying to get the roots real strong. Yeah. Um. So they can come strong in the winter time. Yeah. Um. And I want to see what happens on the se- on the spring season coming out of this now. Because this usually what I did this year is I kept my lawn not as high. Yeah. I actually cut it a little bit shorter, shorter this year round. Yeah. And what I've noticed is I've got more green and less white thatch this time. Because what happens is with buffaloes, you can get it like... Thick. You can almost get it like 10 centimeters, thick. right? And yeah. it's like thick, but you've got this like green layer on the top and you see a lot of white, yeah. right? So I've cut my edges in hard. Yeah. And I've noticed the thatch is lower. Yeah. So I can see just more of the green and it's a tighter carpet. So going to the next summer season, I want to try and keep it a little bit shorter. Probably like the... Maybe like except for like the thirty plus forty degree days. Even then, if you're though, anticipating it, because it will it will burn. The shorter it, it short, is, the shorter it is. Yes it will and burn. no. Yes and no. If the if if the if the roots are real good and you've got a real tight weave of green mm-hmm. and you've got a lot of good thick healthy leaf to get in a lot of the sun. Yeah. Hopefully it'll sustain, right? And I think if the if the soil's conditioned well and it holds water really real, yeah. really really well. Yeah. That'll help. I think but, a lot of the times in in Australian weather, yeah, is we notice that the 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 grass ends up dying because a lot of the water goes, mm, so okay. the, the lawn just dries out. Yeah. Okay. So of course, like the lawn can get strained in the heat. That happens with any summer heat, right? Yeah. That just happens. Yeah. Although Sir Walter's more drought tolerant, right? It's, but the thatch as well protects the root. A thick thatch protects the root. Well, from the getting roots burnt. are just below the thatch yeah. on Sir Walter. But if you've got, like a, a, if you got, if you general, got, if you got right? a really short though, and it's like a 39, 40 degree day, you're looking at burning that. The root, I, I get yeah. that. That's true. Yeah. However, that's what I mean by you can't just cut it short unless the lawn's really, really healthy and, and a good tight weave. Yeah. So I'm not talking about getting like, you know, a couple of millimeters of green. Yeah. You can only do it when you've got a good thick leaf. Yeah. That's like woven really well. And what I found is if I cut on lots of different angles, yeah. I tend to cut a lot of the different angles of the grass so they continue to grow That's more a good and tighten up the weave really like well. Right around this time, it's good to change your pattern of how you cut your yes. grass. Just so you can promote lots of that. that interweaving. Interweaving, yeah. right? Um, so yeah, I did that. So I put down a, like a nice four seasons. It's not cheap, but it's good. Right, the lawn porn yeah, one. The lawn porn. How long do you think that bottle will last you? Like, well, no, this is the, I, I, this one's the granules. Oh, the granules. Okay. So I bought two. So I bought green light, which is your. It's like a foliage fertilizer slash growth promoter. So it helps pump iron into your leaf. Yeah, that's where you get your green out. Nice. Um, and there's also the bag, but the bag was like four kilos, and it's two kilos per hundred square meters. That's decent. Which is typical, yeah. right? Yeah. So you end up using. I end up using about half. 
half a bag. I didn't go full hardcore. Yeah. Um, so I used half a bag. So it's not the cheapest product, but if I compared it to some of the other products like the Scots and stuff, I think that was probably like 30, 35 bucks anyway. About 35 bucks. So for a 45 buck, I was willing to pay the extra 10. I follow Lawn Porn on YouTube and Instagram. Nice. So shout out to Lawn Porn. Um, <laughs> And I thought, no, I'm going to try their products out. So I, and I know he's got like this plan that you can follow each week. So I threw the, threw the four seasons down. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably have to do a little bit of a, a weed control as well now. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that obviously coming into the winter time and a few of the bare spots, I'm getting the odd weed coming to. So I want to control those. Yeah. Um, nice, so I'm man. feeling pretty good. I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, it's pretty green now. So there's I want to see what comes better, out of it. There's nothing better than after the masterpiece has been cut to just sit back and yeah. have a sausage sizzle and enjoy your lawn. Yeah, it's, it's a good feel. <laughs> so that's the thing I'm looking forward to Spring Park because I want to throw a bit of good quality topsoil down. Yeah. And I want to see what comes out of the back of this. You can do the topsoil now experience. if you want and let it, let it go over winter if you want to. You, I wouldn't recommend it. I probably it. wouldn't do too much just because it's getting colder and yeah. the leaf's going to be exposed a little bit. Yeah. I don't want, I want to get as much sun as I can on the leaf to help photosynthesis a bit. Um, and yeah, I don't want to like. We're such lawn geeks. It. It's so good, man. <laughs> I'm so watching good. like. I, I'm it's true though. Once you understand so the chemistry stuff. aspect of, it, and it's again, it's all about timing. Whether it's yeah. grass or plants or whatever it is, if you understand the timing of when things should be cut or fertilized, whatever, it's just like this. It's cool. It's like a playbook. And I'm, I'm I, I, and I'm probably next season gonna have to buy a new lawnmower. I'm at the point where I've used my one for a long time. A new lawnmower. A new lawnmower. Okay. I'm going to need a new one. I think my, my blades certainly aren't sharp. Um, <laughs> I want one with a roller on the back. So I a can what? A roller on the back so I can help get some lines out. Oh, okay. I'm starting to learn a lot of these different techniques, man. I've got to talk to you about this. Otherwise, we're going to have a full episode of just lawns. We should have um, a full episode about lawns. And, and as well as the catcher, when you open up the back catcher where you catch the grass, yeah. on, on the back, the port that I've got yeah. is quite small. And it's okay. good when you trim off just a small amount because it throws the grass back. back you're but if you're doing a big cut back, you got to empty it a lot. A lot, yeah. And I find that if the blade's not super sharp, it tends to clog. Yeah, and that's that's quite quite. Like, it kind of it doesn't it doesn't cut through. It hacks. It, yeah, you yeah, don't want that, right? That. So I'm thinking of getting a different a different lawnmower. I wouldn't go the one that's like. You know the ones that's like those three grand ones where they kind of turn. You got the blades in a swirl at the front. And it goes like this. Those things are super high maintenance. You need, from what I've you seen. Need and if you hit kush, one rock, kush grass for that. No, they use it for all different. You can, but it's it's they mainly it designed for kush. Yeah, but they use it for um. It's for like soccer field grass. Yeah, but they also use it for. Um, it's really good. Have you seen them? What? Like my sorry to go off topic slightly, but like the the team I play for, I've been playing because of the whole yeah. COVID thing. But they're like the our home ground is like beautiful. Yeah. Like the groundskeeper is like either bored or obsessed or yeah. both, and he uses that like yeah. thing. Like it's and man, the grass push, is pusher or walk on. It's a it's a push, but it's got that twirly blade. It's, yes. It doesn't have the, no, that's the right. hacker thing. Yes, it's not a rotary, right? No, not a rotary. And it's a, I think they call it a cylinder. Man, mower. it's when you got the they're right super, grass. They're expensive. And, oh, you're like thirty four grand. Yeah, like for a good one. But if you hit a rock, oh, you're in trouble. You're replacing your blades. Yeah, <laughs> literally, you're replacing your blades. Yeah, and they sharpen. That's why they blades. rake beforehand. Uh, they do, or they blow everything off. Well, before rake or blow. they know they're going to do a line. Yep. The, before they start the line, they rake away. Yep. And bl- and go over. That's rake right. away and blow. So that's... at the back of that mower, there's a roller. Yeah. Right. So that when you're cutting, it rolls the grass down heavy as well. Yeah. So that you get the light bounce off the lawn in different ways, and that's how you get your lines. Yeah. Right. So, but those things is you can put paper in the lower, turn the blade, and it cuts the paper. Yeah. Like they're super super sharp, <laughs> um, but super expensive. 
But when, when you want to kind of adjust the levels, you've got to get the spanner out. You've got to move the blade up and down. You've got to retighten it. You've got to measure it. And there's it. angles too. It's, it's not like, you know, with the, with a traditional lawnmower, there's this like- You drop the levels. Drop the level. One, two, there's ones that have got like, ang- like angles. You twist the yeah, dial. It's next level. It's a guy next in my level. area has got one and he's like getting his You lawn. can hear it. Huh? One a guy in my area has got a two. He's got one here. too. It's they, they use it on it the- It doesn't have a- No, it's different. It's a yeah. Yeah. And you've got the, you can use it on the uh, the cooch, the but there's another one. It's mainly one. designed for cooch, but you can use it on What's all grasses. What's the other, oh, far out of, it's escaped me now. No, no, kakadu is a type of buffalo. Um, you can use it on kakadu because it's a short even, leaf. They, it's really big in America too, some of the lawns. That they, they've got like tiftuff, bermuda. Bermuda, I think, is I'm pretty sure is a type of... Um, oh, I don't know about the American lawns. Um, Money. True blue. You know the ones that you can throw because they seed too yeah. in their season. So they'll like cut right back and they'll reseed the lawn. Yeah. And the lawn that we use here that I that I feel is like a like a lawn that I don't want to use because it feels like a cheaper lawn. They'll use it as a seed and I'll throw it on. Yeah. Um anyway, we can go into a whole episode of this. We just You know when um you're a kid and you're watching um like a Batman or a Superman movie. Yeah. And you just can't wait for the movie to finish so you can go to your room and play for action action you heroes. You want to get out on a lawnmower? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, I was going to go out there today because like it's the end of March, early April, and it's going to be, I would say, my last or second last um, hedge trim. Hedge trim, okay. Um, before did the- you do that last weekend? I did it about I did it about a month ago, actually. Oh, okay. Well, maybe three or four weeks ago. Okay. It's grown back heaps. Have you seen it? Yeah, it's tall. Your hedges yeah, are tall. tall. So I've got to do it one more time because, you know, winter's coming. Yeah. And I'm going to do like the full dealio. I'm like, get out there, get the routine going. Yeah. Going to cut in weaves. Like, you, everyone's got their pattern of how they cut. Yeah, this is yeah. going to be like a purposeful off pattern type cut so everything can kind of tighten up. Yeah. Collect and rake and, oh, man. I think we need to do an episode on just lawns. I think one day we should do. <laughs> An episode on lawns and just like lawns. I don't know, do like a time lapse video of our of our just cutting of lawns. lawns. That'd be good. So good. There's <laughs> <laughs> videos with like oh so satisfying and like dude, you sent me a like random video a couple soap. couple weeks ago. So satisfying watching a lawn get cut. I just watch it. I'm like, <laughs> it's like the smell of two strokes. It's like oh, it's so good. Anyway, I'm gonna wrap it up. Right, episode man. 27 of Journey to Forever. Reach out to us if you've got any feedback, commentary, questions, anything like that. Uh, share it with a friend and enjoy your time. Make the most of it while you're kind of stuck indoors at the moment. Stay safe. Um, stay safe. Practice social distancing for, for the sake of everybody else. If not for yourself, for the sake of everybody else. If you don't need to go outside, just stay inside. And I think we can comfortably say, like, obviously, once it gets to a point we are locked down, for our true listeners there, yeah. I think we were talking about potentially, depending on... I'm glad you're bringing this up. Dep- depending on whether we actually can, um, in terms of, like, the whole actual just setup, because yep. obviously we won't, we won't be... It'll be full remote. It'll be remote. So, if if it does go into lockdown of some sort or a statewide lockdown or something, obviously you won't be able to come here and do the podcast, but we still intend to punch out, uh, even if it's a shorter episode remotely, somehow it'll obviously the dynamic will be different because we normally like gauging into each other's eyes and and feeling how things are going, but we were not, we're not going to be able to do that. So don't be concerned. uh, Listeners, we will still intend to punch out something. Exactly. Some, we'll don't try to. be surprised. Maybe. Just throwing it out there if we end up in your inbox daily. <laughs> <laughs> daily. Oh, well, that's a big call. You never know. And uh, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, that's yeah, that's essentially what I wanted cool. to say. So, all, all right. right. And uh, there's probably no point in asking you what you're going to do after this because we've pretty much spoken about it. Enjoy Alrighty. doing your lawns. Pretty much. <laughs>
<laughs> at least sometime this weekend. But for now, I've got to go home to the wife. All right, man. All right, dude. Have a good weekend. See have you, everyone. One. Have a good week. See Bye. You guys. Bye. long good conversational i liked it that was very nice hopefully provided value for those out there stuck at home indeed all right man catch you later have a good one bye bye